Okay, today's daf is Ksubis daf Yud Zayin. We are holding on the very bottom of daf Tes Zayin Amid Beis. Today we're going to discuss a number of interesting topics. First, we're going to talk about Ketzad Meraktin Lifnei Hakala, how a person is supposed to praise a kala at the wedding. And then the Gemara is going to talk about how various Talmidei Chacham, various Hamaraim, would be Misameach Hasan Vekala, what their Minhagim were in how to be Misameach Hasan Vekala. And then the Gemara is going to talk about which takes precedence, a mace or a melech, meaning Hatzah Sameis or a melech going down a path, or which takes precedence, Hatzah Sameis or Talmud Torah, we mevatel Talmud Torah for the sake of Hatzah Sameis. And then on Amal Beis, we're going to define what Hinuma is, because the Mishnah said the way to prove that a girl was a basul at her wedding was that if people say that they remember that she was Yatzah Hinuma, we're going to talk about what a Raya would be that she had a basula wedding if you lived in Yehuda, because most of the things in our Mishnah were uh, not Noheg in Yehuda, so how would we prove that it was a wedding of a basula in Yehuda? And then uh, the second half of Amun Beis is going to talk about where Rabbi Yoshua says in the Mishnah that is where someone says, Reuven says to Shimon, this field belonged to your father, but I bought it from your father. Well, why does he make it about your father? Why doesn't he say that Reuven says to Shimon, this field belonged to you, and I bought it from you? Why is it about the father? That's going to be the last topic on today's daf. So let us begin. Two lines from the bottom of Tez Zion and Beis, Tan Rabbanan, Ketzad Miraktin Lifnei HaKala. How do we dance in front of the Kala? What are we supposed to say when we dance in front of the Kala? Rabbi Chanan and Kovit Shir, most already raises the point, why is it Lifnei HaKala and not Lifnei HaChasan? Sounds like the Iker Mitzvah is to be Misamech the Kala, but that doesn't make sense because Adraba, the Chasan is Mitzvah and Puravu. It's not the Kala that's Mitzvah and Puravu. So you would think it's a greater Simcha for him. And that's what it sounds like from the Gemara and Brachos. We emphasize the Chasan, Kalanen and Misudas Chasan. Over kolos, that it's a chiv to be misameach the chasan, and if you don't, it's a violation of chamisha kolos. So it sounds like the simchas chasan is the real mitzvah. So if you say like uh, Rashi that when what the Gemara means ma omrim lofaneha means how we mishabeach her in front of the chasan in order which is the impression you get from the hemshech of the Gemara over here that it's not telling her nice things to make her feel good, it's telling her nice things to make him feel good that he's getting such a great girl, that he's marrying such a wonderful kala. Ben Yoyada says in the name of his own son that in general a woman is going to settle she'll, she'll be happy to marry anybody. She's not, uh, she's not women are not as picky in terms of who they marry. But guys don't see the need to get married so so uh, so much as much as uh, women do and therefore we, it's more important that, he, that, that she be praised in front of him and that he realize how fortunate he is that, uh, that, that he has a kala. Also he says just halachically uh, the, the man the woman has, who's married has that—that's her husband. She can't go anywhere else. Whereas the guy, uh, um, strictly speaking, on a daraisa level, can marry more than one wife. So we want to make sure that this is a loving relationship and that he loves this wife. So we try to uh, we try to praise the wife in front of the chasen. So the the Pischei Tshuva just points out that the lashon is very carefully worded. Pischei Tshuva quotes from the Torah Chaim that it's also to dance im hakala together 
are with the Kali, he says, even behefsik mitpachas, even if you're going to have a cloth that each one holds onto, that you don't dance with the Kali, you only dance lifnea Kali, that's uh, one of the marmakomos against the mitzvotans that, uh, that the Hasidim do, that they, that they dance uh, with, with the Kali holding onto one end of a cloth and the chasen to the other end. Uh, Pashas is the, uh, most of the things that, that go on at weddings where they don't do mitzvotans very often are less tsenua than the uh, mitzvotans. The mitzvotans Kali just stands there, she doesn't really dance, she doesn't do anything, it's the Rebbe that dances, but still that's the, uh, that's the line in the Pizchi Tshuva. So how do we do, what do we say? L'fnei HaKala Beishamei Omrim, Kala Kamoshehi. So Beishamei says, we give an assessment, an accurate assessment of the Kala. As Rashi writes, L'fi Yofyo V'chashivusa Mekal Sinosa. We praise her based on her beauty, based on uh, what she deserves. Ubeisil Omrim Kala Na'a V'chasuda. Beisil says, no, no matter what she is, you always say Kala Na'a V'chasuda. The Tosas understands that when we say Kamoshehi, when Beishamei says Kamoshehi, it means that you should, uh, you, that, uh, as Tosas don't emphasize the things that the, the negatives. Don't uh, don't give a full assessment, but uh, but praise those things only those things that she's worthy of praise for. But it doesn't mean you should say, well, she she's not so smart, she's not so this. You should only you should only take the things that she's worthy of praise for. Praise her for those things that are praiseworthy. Meaning, and Basil says, no, you can't do that. Because if you say about the Kala, and the whole thing, all you're saying the whole time, she has such nice eyes, she has such nice eyes, she has so everyone's going to realize that there's nothing else nice about her. And uh, so, so it's, uh, you, have to, you have to praise her more totally, according to Basil, in order for it to even sound like you're saying something nice. Amulan says to She's, uh, if, if she's disabled, if she's blind, you're going to say that she's a kalanav a chasuda. The Torah says that you're not allowed to tell a lie. So how are you? Uh, how are you allowed to say such a thing? If someone gets a bad buy in the market when he buys something, do you make fun of him and tell him he got a terrible thing, or do you say, oh, that's nice. It's a nice, nice thing that you bought, knowing that he got a bit, uh, that he got a bad deal. You say something nice about what he bought. And based on this, that a person is always supposed to be uh, supposed to get along with other people. That other people should appreciate him, and he shouldn't say things that are mean that uh, that, that that upset other people. Our first dafyomi uh, coincidence of the day here in Rosh Chodesh Adar says Rashi Murevis in Abrios Lasos Leish. To do like Suda Sachashverosh, where it's Ish Ish Kiritsono, to make everyone happy, you give them whatever they whatever they're used to. So that's what we said that it should be Mu'reves im im habrios. So Tosos over here Yishabchenu beinav yiganenu beinav. When Beisil makes the point to the Beishamai, what do you mean if someone buys something? Of course you're going to say something nice about it. Beishamai savri afakav di Yishabchenu beinav einlam lacham lasakin lahaskik lomar sheker that Torah Amr Dvar Sheker Tirchak. Beishamai would respond, of course when someone buys something, you say something nice, but that's not a formal mitzvah. 
But for the Chacham to institute a formal mitzvah to always lie, that's not appropriate because the Torah says, Midvar Shekhar Tirchak, and the Chachamim cannot be misaking something against what's explicit in the Torah. That's the rule that the Taz has in several places of Shulchan Aruch, that even though the Chachamim have the right to be Okar Dabramin Torah with their Takano sometimes, but not if it's Mefurish Bakra. That which is Mefurish Bakra, they cannot be misaking against something Mefurish Bakra. And here it says Mefurish Bakra, that Midvar Shekhar Tirchak, therefore the Chacham do not have the right to uh, to be misakin that you should say a sheker. Now, why is Basilel not? Why does what does Basilel do with midvar sheker tirchak? Meaning, how is Basilel not concerned about the iser of uh, of sheker? So the Ritva explains that whenever it's mipre darke shalom, it's not a violation of midvar sheker tirchak. Meaning, sheker enochinami is a terrible thing, and ms is a very high value, but it's not the highest value in Judaism. Shalom is a higher value than ms is. So when there's a conflict between Shalom and Emes, Shalom wins over Emes. That's why Mishanin Mipnei Shalom. A person is allowed to say something that's untrue for the sake of Shalom. So it sounds like even if it's a Sheker Gomur, you're allowed to say it Mipnei Darkei Shalom. However, in the Chalkas Mechokek, in the side of Shulchan Aruch Ezer and Simus Amachai, he says that if she has a Mum, then you shouldn't say that she doesn't have a Mum. You shouldn't say something that's a Sheker Gomur. What you should emphasize is the Chut Shal Chesed. You should say that she's, uh, she finds favor in people's eyes, people like her According to the Ritva, Lachari, you could even say a Sheker Gomer against the Chalkas Machokek. The Taz in Nebuchadnezzar Simon Samachai explains the reason that it's not a violation of Midvar Sheker Tirchak is because uh, the Rishonim write that even according to Beis uh, when, when when you say Kalanav v'chasuda, you just mean that it's a Chut Shel Chesed, which means that she's likable. It's like a, it's it's an undefined characteristic. It's just saying that she's the kind of person that uh, that, that that has that has chain. Doesn't so it's not Sheker because Obviously, she has chayin be'ene achasan. Otherwise, he wouldn't be marrying her. So it's not a it's not a total sheker. Torah says midvar sheker tirchak that we wouldn't be allowed to do. I so then what's Beishamay's problem with the uh, with the Beis Hillel? So Beishamay says it's near a sheker because yeah, she finds chayin by the husband, but no one else thinks she has chayin. So you shouldn't even say something that's near a sheker. Beishamay says you have to be brutally honest. You have to be completely uh, completely truthful. The smile now this this did midvar sheker tirchak. Is this a mitzvah in the Torah? Is this a mitzvah midaraisa? The smag counts it in the minyan ha'asin, in asay kuf zayin. And he says, all in yane shekhar are included in midvar shekhar tirchak. It's an asay, it's not a los asay, even though it says it's a lashon tirchak. He shamer, pen, al, and lo are lashonus of los asay. But uh, tirchak is not a lashon of a los asay, that's a lashon of an asay. So it's a mitzvah asay to stay away from Sheker. So Machlok is in the Achronim. Is that saying, is that strong, more strongly worded than a regular, let's say, lo, lo Shaker, don't lie? Or is that more weakly worded? I mean, you're putting it in Lashon Asay. Does that make it weaker because it's an Asay, it's not a Los Asay? Or is it not just don't do it, but Tirchak, stay far away from it. We're not told typically about other things. Says, we're not told, Tirchak, 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 Tirchak. It's Dafka Sheker that we have to stay very far away. The Rashbait also counts it as a uh, as a mitzvah. Chavetz Chaim writes in uh, the Psicha in Asin in, in, in Yud Gimel. He says bepashtus uh, that someone who says lashon hara that's that that's untrue violates uh, mitzvah to save midvar sheker tirchak as well. And he says it's a mitzvah gemurah according to the smag. However, most of the monei mitzvahs, including the Rambam, do not count midvar sheker tirchak as a uh, mitzvah. The Urayim compromises. He says it depends. If it's a sheker that's mazik somebody else, 
then it's an Isidar Raisa. But a Sheker that doesn't cause any harm, a harmless lie, so that's not going to be a violation of, uh, of, 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 of an Isidar Raisa, because the Hemshech of the Pasuk is that the Naki Vitzadik Al Tarog. So it sounds like that the problem of the Sheker is only when it's going to cause damage to somebody else. That's a violation of Sheker. That's the discussion that the Yisam the formulated. Is Midvar Sheker Tirchak a mitzvah bein adam l'chavero? Or is it a mitzvah bein adam la'atzmo? Is it that it's just fundamentally bad to lie? So even if you're sitting in a room all alone, telling yourself lies, you're, uh, you're looking in a mirror, telling yourself how good-looking you are and how uh, smart you are, and whatever, even if none of these things are true. So is that a violation of Midvar Sheker Tirchak? According to the Urayim, certainly not on a Daraisa level, because it's not being mazik, anybody, and Midvar Sheker Tirchak is only a violation, Ben Adam Lechavero, but you're not being mazik anybody. Whereas if you say it's Ben Adam Laatzmo, it's just fundamentally bad. We should model ourselves after HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then we have to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Emes. So when a person is Sheker, when a person practices Sheker, even Ben Ola Ben Atzmo, maybe that would be, be a violation of a mitzvah Ben Adam Ben Adam Laatzmo. Vaitur in the Gemara, Kiyas Ravdimi he reported that the way they used to sing in front of a kala in Eretz was the nice thing they used to say is she doesn't need any, any, any makeup and she still looks beautiful even without any makeup when the Rabban gave smicha to Rabizera, they sang something very similar without any makeup he's beautiful now obviously they're not talking about real makeup when they're talking about Rabizera. they mean that without dressing up nicely with that everything he just has such chen he's such uh, such fine fine midos such fine character he's such a respectable person that everyone likes him even without any uh, any obvious overt reason when the rabban gives smicha to rabbi and rabbi they would sing we should give smicha to people just like this some suffer understood, understood that the rabban were to, were informing rabbi and rabbi not only of how worthy they are, but how their responsibility is that in the future, when you give smicha to other people, to make sure others are worthy as well, and not to treat your smicha cheaply, not to just give it out to anybody, that it should be kol mindain v'kol mindain. Make sure that people are like you when they get smicha. Lotis mechulana, lomin sarmisin, velomin sarmitin. We shouldn't give smicha to sarmisin, or people, Rashi says, that, that invert the halachos and switch around the reasons of the halachos, and Sarmitin is Lashon Smartutin. I think it's like a Lashon of a Shmata. I don't know. And also, not people who only who only give, as Rashi says, Chamishis Hatam, who don't fully explain things, and not Tormisin. Uh, and Rashi says, I have no idea what that means. But apparently, people with certain negative traits that we shouldn't uh, that we shouldn't give smicha to. Rabbi Avok, Yava Asim, Mesiftel Bekesar, Nafkadam Hasid Bekesar La Ape. When Rabbi Avok came to the to the yeshiva of the Beikesar, the certain maidservant of the Beikesar came out to greet him, Umashunayhachi, and would sing for him as follows Rabadiyame, Umadbarna du Masay, the Rebbe of his nation, the leader of his people, Butsina Dunahora, this pillar of light. 
Baruch Masiach L'Shalom, Baruch Baruch L'Shalom, Yushkam B'Shalom. What's Butzina Dinahor, that he's a pillar of light? So uh, says, says, uh, uh, um, says Rashi, I'll show you a of Mavhik, that apparently he had a very shiny complexion. Kedamrim Babasra, Shufred Rabbi Avo, Main Shufred Rabbi Yochanan, Dinafki Zihirus Minei, Kedim Fari Shasam, that the beauty of Rabbi Avo was like the Shufred Rabbi Yochanan. The Gemara over there goes on to say, and this one. Uh, beauty was like that one's beauty, and it goes back to, to Yaakov Avinu and to, to Adam Arisha, and that each one was uh, the, the previous generation. Some of them were as good as the previous generations, many of them are not. That the beauty of the previous generations were much greater, it was much more overwhelming. But that apparently Rabbi Avo had this shiny complexion that, uh, that jumped out at you, and that's what she praised. He would take a bad shel hadas, a hadas branch and dance in front of the Kala, and he would say, Kala na'a v'chasuda. The reason he would dafka take a bad shel hadas, here's our second Afyomi coincidence for Rosh Chodesh Adar, the uh, Pesach we haven't had in a while, we've had, I've just missed them, but here's, uh, here's, here's one that I'm not missing, the Pesach Enayim says, based on the Gemara Megillah, dafka given Amr Aleph, that Esther Yirak Rokes Haisa, that Esther actually had a greenish complexion, Kehadas, like a Hadas, Machlokas, what her name was. Was her name Hadassah, or was her name really Esther? But she had a, a greenish complexion like a Hadas, but Chut Shel Chesed But still, for some reason, people found her attractive, people found her beautiful, even though, ob- by objective standards, it doesn't seem that she was. So the Shittung Betzah says, the reason it's not Shekhar, when you say Kalanava Chasuda, is, the, like we mentioned before, is even if the girl isn't so beautiful, you could say that it's Shaykh, that she has a Chut Shel Chesed, just like Esther. So Rabbi Dorilai, who was a chassid, in order that he shouldn't lie when he says, Kalanava he would merames that it doesn't matter what she actually looks like. She's still a Kalanava Chasuda, just like Esther was Nava Chasuda, just like Esther had this chain, even though, even though she, she had the complexion of a, uh, of a hadas. The Eneliyo says, based on the Medrash, Vanaf Eitz Avos, Elu Yisrael, the Medrash says that Hadasim is a reference to uh, every, every, all of the Dalminim are references different parts of the Jewish people, different types of Jews, and the Hadas is Yeshba Reach Ve'in Botam, relates to a Jew that has Maisim Tovim, but not Torah. So maybe Davka dancing in front of a Kala, where uh, women are not B'nai Torah, not M'chuyavus and Talmud Torah, but uh, Maisim Tovim she does have. So, to, so it's, it's being Meshabeach, her Maisim Tovim. That's why Davka used a, uh, a, a Hadas. Rav Shmuel Barav Yitzchak Merakit Atlas. Rav Shmuel Barav Yitzchak would dance on three. What does that mean? He would dance on three. So Rashi says, it means that he would juggle. Some of the other achronims suggest that it doesn't sound like it means he would juggle because when the Gemara talks about juggling, it tells you that Zarek Echad, that it's, it describes juggling when the Gemara in Sukkot Afnun Gimel, but the Simchas Pesach Shoeva talks about uh, juggling. So that's, uh, so, so they have other explanations of what it, of what it means, that he was uh, miraked like um, like three people would dance, he would dance with the energy of three people, something like that. He went way overboard in the way he was dancing. Amr Rebizeru Kamachsafon Sabbath. Rebizeru says he's embarrassing us the way he's uh, the way he's dancing. That this uh, is not befitting of a Talmud Chacham to to dance this way. But when he died, a pillar of fire separated between him and the rest of the world. And we have a tradition that a pillar of fire only comes out for a 
once in, gen- in a generation kind of tzaddik or a twice in a generation kind of tzaddik. You have to be a very special, special person. Rav Chanan writes over here that it sounds over here like the Shittas Harash, that if the Torah potters a zakin from a mitzvah, uh, because it's a zakin, he shouldn't be mezalzal in his cover and be mekayim in the mitzvah anyway. And if he is mekayim, it's a zilzal in the cover of Torah. So the Rosh said, meaning for example, the Torah said, the, the halacha is that a zakin ve'en is potter from a shavas aveda. Let's say the aveda is something that's very embarrassing for the chacham to be walking around with its pair of underwear or something, and he's going to go and walk around to be to do a shavas aveda. Halacha is he's potter from such a shavas aveda. So is he allowed to be machmir to do it anyway, even though he's potter? So the Rosh says no. It's a zilzal in, 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 in the Kavanah Torah. I frakt uh, frakt the Rishonim already that uh, that Rav Shemachal Kvodo Kvodo Machul. Normally, when the Tamachachum is Machul and is covered, he has the right to be Machul and is covered. So you have to say that we assume like the Shita Saravid that Kvodo Machul, but Bizyono is not Machul. And if it's a Zakin Venelfi Kvodo, it doesn't just mean that it's not covered. It means that it's a Bizyon. And that was the Hakpada over here that even though you're a Tamachachum, you're allowed to be Machul and you're covered. But but Ichsiflodmai, you're 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 causing us embarrassment. It's a, it's a humiliation. So, uh, so, but nevertheless, the Hashkacha Paskind, that Amudu Dinora, a pillar of fire, came and said, obviously, that he was a very great tzaddik. So how do we explain that? If you're going to assume that he's not allowed to be mochlan, it's bizayon. So they explain, based on the, uh, Rav Khan explains, based on what, what, uh, the, the Biralacha in Simrish Gimel quotes from, from in, in Simrish Nun rather, quotes from the Primagadim, talks about Hachana uh, for Shabbos, that the various Talmidei Chachamim in preparing for Shabbos would do things that are normally considered beneath their dignity. And their Gemaras like that. Gemaras talk about how they would clean the floors for Shabbos and make special foods for Shabbos, do all sorts of things that are normally beneath their dignity for the sake of the honor of Shabbos. So the Biralacha quotes from the Primagadim that it's dafta by an Aveda or something like that, that your Pater when it's in because not everyone who sees realizes that you're doing it l'shem mitzvah. I mean, you're just carrying around an item. People don't know that the item you're carrying around is l'shem mitzvah. But when you're doing something that's obviously a mitzvah, like being the and Mekala, where everyone who sees what you're doing knows that you're doing l'shem mitzvah, well then that's not a zilzul in the kavod. Adarabe, that's the uh, the greatest kavod to show how, uh, how how into the mitzvah the person is, the Talmud Chacham is. So that's uh, by, by dancing in front of a chasen and Kala, by preparing for Shabbos, it's obvious to all that it's l'shem mitzvah. Amar Rabbi Zera, Hanyulei shutisei l'saba va'armila shutisei l'saba va'armila shitasei l'saba. So he either said said one of uh, three things: either the hadas helped him, or the uh, his shita, his minag, or acting like a shota, his shtus helped him. One or the other. That's uh, that's what they said that that, that it, it seemed to have to have worked for him in the end. Um, Rav Acha Markiv La Kasve Merakiv. Rav Acha would put the kala up on his shoulders and he would dance with the kala up on his shoulders. Amrli Rabbanan Anan Mal Mevrachi. So the Rabbanan said, Wow, can we try that? Are we allowed to do that too? Amrlu Idaminalaihu Kikshura Lechi Vila Lo. If she's like a beam on your shoulders, meaning you have no hirhurim whatsoever, then it's fine. But if you're not yet at that madrega, then absolutely you're not allowed to do it. Ben Yoyada still says that, uh, that, that, that she must have been sitting on a chair and he 
held the chair, and even that, meaning the, the, the he wouldn't allow the Rabbana to do because of Hurim, but he says it's obvious that he was not touching gufo begufa. He says It has to be that he wasn't touching her directly. There's no way that that, that he actually put her on the shul- on his shoulders. Even the, and 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 the conversation with holding her on the chair is if you're someone of a madriga that's not going to have any room whatsoever on a very high madriga, then you can otherwise you're not allowed to do it. So he holds that you're allowed to to uh, to be mistakal at the kala for the entire shevar brachos in order to make her beloved to her husband, but we don't paskin that way. So what do we paskin like? Are you ever allowed to be mistakal at the kala? I mean, the Gemara doesn't say, uh, and and therefore when can you be mistakal? So some of the Rishonim say the Rimigash and others the Ramam and Pirushim Shnayis that it's only for for all of shevar brachos and allowed to be mistakal. But be it's bihinuma when she's being taken out bihinuma at the time of the of the achnasal luchopa. The minig is that they were megal. Paneha, they would uh, they would reveal her face, and everyone would look at her. So uh, so apparently that then you are allowed to be mistakel. Others say that the entire first day of the nisun, the first day of shavuot, which is the ikur chibu veitzal baila, that's when you're allowed to be mistakel. But Rov Rishonim say that no, when it says less hilchakav say it means there's no heter for istaklus. You're not allowed to look, you're not allowed to be looking at the uh, at the kala or at any other at any other woman. The rush raises the question, but if you can't be mistakel at the kala, how could you ever be made that she was yosef be Perua. You're not allowed to be mistakal, so you're not allowed to see her, so how can you be made that she's the one that got married? So the Rush says, well, you saw the Hinuma that they made, and everyone was saying, oh, this Hinuma is for this Kala, and that's enough of a Raya that she was a Basula. Or you could be mistakal at the Hinuma that's on her, or on the Prius Rosh, but not, a, not at the face of the Kala. So enough to identify her, but not, not to be mistakal um, at, at her face, but to be mistakal at that which she's wearing, or something like that, on her head, or something like that. The, in, the, in the name of the Rama, all the Rishonim point out a much simpler teretz that the iser of 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 being mistakel is not an iser to be roa. There's there's not an iser to see the kala. It's an iser to have histaklus to gaze at the kala. So of course you could see and identify who she is, and it's just that it's an iser histaklus. Different in Hasidic communities in certain communities they won't uh, they won't they, the kala wears such a thick veil that the Aden don't even see her. The Aden don't even see the face of the kala. Others are very mad about that. That you need to dafka see the face of the kala. Otherwise, how do you know how you can be made that it's actually the kala? Every once in a while, you see at a wedding, there's some sort of argument under the, uh, the under the chuppah where the edim say, "I don't know who it is. Let me. I, want, I need to see who it is if I'm going to be if I'm be an aid kiddushin." So uh, it's a different menagem. But that's that's what the, the Ramah suggests that it's uh, that there's no issue of being roa. There's only an issue of being mistakel. We could be mavir a mace from in front of the kala, meaning the kala takes precedence over a mace, and melech Yisrael takes precedence over everybody. One time, Agrippa Samelech allowed a kala to go in front of him, and the chacham were mishabech, and that he allowed the kala to take precedence over him. Wait, if they're praising him, it sounds like he's doing something good, but but I thought we passed in that a melech is not able to be mochel his kavod. So why is this a good thing? Why is he not able to be mochel his kavod? Because we have a drasha. Some tasa melech melech shetehei 
a maso alecha, that you have to appoint a king. And we dashim from the Pasuk that there needs to be a sense of ema, there needs to be a sense of fear and awe of the king. And if he's always mochalus kavod, and you always see him on the, the news clips in his uh, jeans and whatever, you know, and so that, then it's not going to be a sense of ema. So that's not a melech. The image of a melech has to be one of, uh, of great dignity. So how is he allowed to be mochalus kavod? So the Rishonim point out already over here that uh, this may not be the re- this is the 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 source that a melech can be is covered. So it may not be the reason. There could be other reasons that he's not melech is covered. Uh, the the Tosas and Sanhedrin Dafyutes says that the Torah's mitzvah that we have to be mechabed and yare me'amelech. We have to fear and honor the melech. So the melech can't be mochla in that because that's not something that's shaykh to him. The Torah says uh, that that his kvodo comes to him because of the mitzvah hamakom. So he can't be mafkia mitzvah hamakom. It's uh, it's not his to be to be mochel. Others say Rabbi Yon and Sanhedrin says that a covenant of melech is not his covenant, it's Kal Yisrael's covenant. That having a dignified king is a covenant for the people. So if he's mochel on his covenant, he's being mochel on the whole nation's covenant. And that's why he doesn't have the right to be mochel. The Marshal says, no, not Kal Yisrael's covenant, it's Rebona Shalom's Because the covenant of melech is no gavel, the covenant of makom. What bracha do we make when we see a melech? Shecholak mikvodo liyereyav. That Hashem gives some of his covenant. Malchus da'ara kein malchus da'rikia. The Gemara says that if a person has an opportunity to go greet a melech, you should, even, mel- even a melech umasa'olam. Why? Because you're then going to one day see the difference between a melech umasa'olam and uh, the covenant of melech Yisrael. And the melech Yisrael gives us an image of, uh, of somewhat of, a, of an idea of just how much covenant we're supposed to have for malchus da'rikia, for the melech shemayim. So the, the less we have an impression and an idea of what a melech means, the less of an understanding we have of malchus shemayim. Every mashal you hear about our relationship is either about a father or about a melech. So, but we don't know what a melech means. So the mashal, the the, the, the is less move on than the nimshal for us. So that's why he can't be mochel on his cover according to the according to the marsha. So, so I asked the gemara again. So how was he allowed to be mochel? So I asked the gemara He wasn't mochel in an obvious way. There were two paths to take. So he pretended as if he really needed to go with the other path to allow the kala to go on the path that he initially intended to take. But to do it in a in a, in a way that's that, that would be clear that he's being mochel on his cover. Would be a problem. to take out a dead body and for kala. And they said Rabbi the Rabbi Loi used to do this. Used to be That's only if they don't have everything they need. But if the mace already has everything they need, the kala already has everything they need. So why should he be mivatel to help them out, they don't need your help. The kama called sarcha. How much is called sarcha of a mace? Amr of Shmuel Barini, Mishmeder of Derav, Tracer Alti Gavri, Vishis Alti Shipuri. Twelve thousand people plus another six thousand shofros. Vamulat Tracer Alti Gavri, Uminayu Shis Alti Shipuri. It's twelve thousand people among whom six thousand of them have shofros in order to make a proper funeral. Ula Amr Kagon to Chaitzi Gavri Meavulavat Sichra. It should be a a a stream of people that extends from Avula to Sichra. Well, it depends who dies. The giving of the Torah, the taking away of the Torah when a Talmud Chacham dies, should be just like the giving of the Torah. Just like it was the Torah was given with 600,000, so too when it's taken away, it should be with 600,000. That's for a person who learns Mikra and Mishnah. Abulaman de Masni, 
let's say shira. Someone who taught Torah, that there's no shira. No matter how many people are there, uh, there's there's no shira. Remember when I was learning in Karim Biyavna, Rabbi Taitz, Zechron al-Vracha, passed away, and I was clearing whether I should go to the Levayer, and I wasn't sure if it should be Mavatal Talmud Torah. And we are learning Subas that year. So I said, you know what, I'm not going to go to the Levayer. I'm going to learn a second Seder. And I sat down, and I learned this Gemara. I said, you know what? I said to my friend, for five minutes in Seder, I'm going to a Levayer. So I left. He was, uh, he was, he was the greatest Marvitz Torah in the world at his time, in terms of, at least in terms of quantity. His radio show with, uh, with Shirim was it reached hundreds, like a hundred thousand people or something like that. Some some obscene number of uh, of people that he was that he was even people who didn't didn't uh, weren't observant. They just liked to hear Yiddish, so they they would listen to his uh, to his Gemara Shir because he said a Gemara Shir in Yiddish. So anyway, Mevatan Talmud Torah raises the question that there's in Hilchos Tarecharetz there's a passage that Rabbi Kiva says at one time. I was walking and I found a mace mitzvah and I uh, and I I. I Schlepped him for meal until I brought him to Beis Hakvaros, and then I buried him. And when I went back and told Rabbi Rabbi Shur what I did, they said, "Kol psia psia kilu dam naki." It's as if you killed someone with each step that you took. Apparently, he, they they were upset that he was mevatel talmud Torah for Hatzas uh, Mason was a mes mitzvah. So what did he do wrong? If we're, if our Gemara says you're allowed to be mevatel talmud Torah for a, for a mes, so Tal says two terutzim. First Tzaras Tal says his violation was not pitul Torah. His violation is what's he schlepping a mes mitzvah? The Allah is Mace Mitzvah Kanamakomo. The Mace Mitzvah is Kanamakomo. You're supposed to bury Mace Mitzvah on the spot. It's an interesting discussion on how far we take that. Let's say, for example, a Mace Mitzvah um, has Kivrei Avos. You can identify who he is. He just doesn't have any living relatives. Can you bring a Mace Mitzvah to Kivrei Avos? Or is it Kanamakomo? He, he, he has to be where he is. So some of the Achronim say you could for sure bring him to Kivrei Avos. Mace Mitzvah Kanamakomo means you view him as if he's already Nikbar. So someone who's already buried, you're allowed to be, you're allowed to do, you're allowed to do to bring him to Kivrayavos. Only two, you're allowed to bring him to Yisrael or to, to bring him to Kivrayavos. You're allowed to do Likarat Samos. So it would be mutter to do Likarat Samos. Other Achronim say, no, it's not Ki'ilu Nikbar, it's Kanamakomo, meaning that has to be the Makom of his Kfura. The Sfasemis raises the Mesechas Makos. The halacha is that a person's not allowed to be buried in near Mikla. Near Mikla is Lechayim Nitnav Lola Kfura. It's not given over to Kfura. What if you have a Mesa Mitzvah found near Mikla? bury him there. So that's also that's, uh, that's a debatable issue, wh- how far we go. But apparently Rabbi Akiva was criticized for bringing him Dalad Mil. Why did he bring him Dalad Mil? Pashto says he brought him L'Kivrei Avos, L'Charad Zaraya, that you're allowed to bring him a mitzvah or that it was a machlokas Rabbi Akiva and his Rabbeim, whether you're allowed to bring him a mitzvah to, uh, to Kivrei Avos. The other Tarot also says is, you're mevatel Talmud Torah l'otzas ha-meis, but you're not mevatel shimush tamidecham l'otzas ha-meis. They weren't upset at him for being mevatel Talmud Torah, they were upset at him for being mevatel shimush tamidicham, gadol shimusha yoser milimuda in a very literal sense that uh, that that it even beats out a mes mitzvah. Okay, v'miyesh edim sheyatzabi hinuma. Then the Mishnah said that if we have edim that she was yatzabi hinuma, then we know that she had, she was a basula. My hinuma, what exactly is a hinuma? Surchav bar papa mishmei dziiri amar tanura daasa. It's uh, like a small chupa made out of uh, round hadasim, a round small thing over her head made out of hadasin. That's how Rashi says. It's something that would cover her eyes that she could take a nap and no one would even notice. So that's the enuma, the loss of a menam name of someone taking a nap. Rabbi Yochum and Broka Omer, 
so, so the Rabbi Yochman Broca said that that if you give out can, if candies were giving out, given out at the wedding, that's a raya that was a uh, wedding of a basula. So Tana Yehuda raya b'bavel mai. That works in Yehuda, but what about in Bavel? I misspoke before. I said in Yehuda the question, the Gemara's question is, what about in Bavel? In Bavel, what's a raya that a girl is a basula? Amar Rav Dardugi demashcha areisha drabanan. They would put some type of uh, of fragrant oil on the head of the Rabbanan, that apparently the, the women would put this fragrant oil on the head of the Rabbanan, that would draw a lot of people's attention, because the Rabbanan typically were not people who rubbed oil on their hair, and typically women didn't, uh, the Rabbanan didn't have much interaction with women, so for women to put oil in the hair of the Rabbanan was uh, doubly strange. You're talking about the oil that we do chafifa with, that people rub their, their heads in? Chafifa literally means just washing the hair. We refer to chafifa when we talk about a woman preparing for going to the mikvah, but chafifa, uh, in its technical sense, is the requirement midar raisa that a woman has, which is to comb her hair, uh, to, to, to do a, uh, to, to, to at least do that. We do a lot more than that. A, w- a woman does a lot more than that in preparations for the mikvah, but chafifa is just uh, you know making up one's hair, combing the hair, putting the oil in the hair. So he said, how do you not know what I'm talking about? You're, you're a yasom, you must be a yasom. Your mother didn't do this at the time of your wedding to, uh, to, to see to it that uh, since there was a chupas basula, that there be this chafifa. One of the rabbanan would marry his daughter off to Rab Barula. Rab Barula marrying off a girl to uh, to the son of one of the rabbanan. And they did exactly this. What would be a simon? Of a chuppah of an almana, Tanya Rav Yosef Armata less lakisni. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't give out the candies. They were very makbid not to give out the candies by the almana. And that's how we know what's a chuppah almana. Then the final line of the Mishnah says that Rabbi Shua said that if someone says to somebody else, this field that I have belonged to your father, but I bought it from him, we believe him because we didn't know it belonged to the father if not for his testimony in the first place. Why is it only about the father? Why, doesn't, why don't we say that Rabbi Shua says he believed even if he says this field was yours and I bought it from you? This sounds a lot more like Rashi that uh, the only re- the Peshasa works when the guy never was Toveya. Otherwise, if it's if, if if it could work even when the guy was Toveya, what do you mean that he's saying Shalchai? So the guy was already uh, was already Toveya. So uh, so anyway, Mishum to Kavayim the Mishnah Seifa Imeishedim Shi Shalov Vuam Lekachtiyam Imenu Enu Neman. Since we want to mention in the Seifa that if there are Edim that it belonged to him, and he's saying, yeah, I know there are Edim that belonged to him, but I bought it from him, then he's not believed. Sahechi Dami, what would be the case? Ida Achleshne Chazaka Milo Mehemin. If he has a Chazaka. He already stayed in the field for three years. Why wouldn't he be believed that he bought it? That's generally the rule. If you say you have a field, but you don't have a shtar, because it's already been three years, and the guy never made a macha, so then you're allowed to keep the field. And if you didn't have a chazaka, of course you're not going to be believed. Yeah, but then you have the same question about the father. You have the same problem, that if he has a chazaka, he should be believed that it's a field from the fathers, that 
that he bought the field from the father, and if he didn't have a chazaka, then he shouldn't be believed. So by a father, we could work it out that he's been there for three years, so he lost the star, but he doesn't have a real chazaka because the father was only alive for the for the first two years, and the third year the son was already in charge. You can't make a chazak in the nechassim of a child, even if he's already grown up, because he doesn't know about his father's business affairs. So that's it. What Rav Huna's whole din just tells us what our Mishnah already tells me, what uh, Rabbi Shur already to- teaches me in the Mishnah. Either Rav Huna's telling me how to read the Mishnah, or Rav Huna's telling me the additional Chiddush, that even if the child is grown up, still the chazak is not an effective chazaka. Couldn't you have set up the case where he has two years where the owner is there and one year where the owner is not there, even if the owner doesn't die, even if it's about the son himself, and just make it about a case where the son ran away? Why did he run away? If, the, if he had ran away to save his own life, so of course you're not going to be believed that it's your field. The guy couldn't make a machai, he was in hiding. If he ran away from monetary matters, then he should have made a machah. A machah that's made even not in front of the person counts as a machah. There are three separate lands when it comes to chazaka. With you, the Galil, you got to be in the same place for it to be a chazaka. Why does it matter which region you're in? It should just matter whether the guy knows about it, whether it's in front of him or not. We assume is a good macha, but this was a time where they weren't allowing travel from one place to the other. Why do we mention these regions of Yehuda v'Galil? Because Yehuda v'Galil are assumed to be a shaschirum where travel is not permitted from one to the other. Tosus points out that it should, could have said chazaka shalom b'fanav. Why macha shalom b'fanav? So he says because chazaka everyone's going to hear about, even if it's not B'fanav. The whole reason the Chazaka is invalid is because the Macha'a is not going to be heard if the Macha'a is not made B'fanav. Okay, but Hashem will pick up from the top tomorrow. Oh, yeah.